You are listening to Know You're Crazy. My name is Susan Denae. We all have crazy. What separates us is how we choose to deal with it. I'm going to be delivering engaging and actionable tools to own your crazy, treat your crazy, and turn it into your own superpower. I hope that you walk away from this show feeling the power and strength within you. And never forget to enjoy your journey because you are worth it. Welcome to the Know Your Crazy Talk Show. My name is Susan Denae, and you are listening to Emotional Recovery in the Raw. Today's topic is all about motivation or the lack thereof. Uh, have you ever questioned your ability to get stuff done? Do you feel like you consistently live more in the I should be doing this versus I'm proud of what I've done? Do you ever question your motivation? Well, suppose you're curious about motivation and how it's working in your life. In that case, today's show is going to be for you. I recently, funny story, probably within the last oh, six to eight months, I think it might have been eight months ago, I was talking to my mentor. I was sharing about the word motivation. I didn't want the word motivation to show up on my website. I had this allergic reaction to the word motivation which is going to lead me into the first segment of the show, uh, why that was. You know, for me, being a woman in her mid to late 40s, what feels like motivation today compared to what felt like motivation in my 20s or my 30s is night and day. The first thing that I think of when I say that to you is physiological changes, emotional changes, and mental changes. If you are somebody watching the show today, and you have been beating yourself up for not doing enough all the time, wondering why you can't find your purpose, why you don't have passion, you might need to give yourself a little bit of credit because the definition that you are living your life by when it comes to motivation might need an upgrade. Ultimately, we are the only ones that get to change the definitions by which we live by. Last week, I think last week's show, I was talking about, could have been a social post, I get confused anymore, but really talking about the difference in definitions between couples. You know, a couple will have an agreement, maybe in the relationship where there's no below the belt shots. You need to get to the bottom of what that means for each person within the relationship. Otherwise, somebody might be name calling and not even know that they're name calling. One person has a definition of what uh, below the belt shots mean versus the other person and so therefore there's a conflict that nobody really understands is going on because nobody's talking about the definitions for you today is getting more motivation for you really going to be as simple as changing the definition maybe maybe for me what happened was about four or five years ago i noticed that i had an inability to focus i wasn't focusing like i had before that was a downer for me. I had spent the first half of my career life, you know, getting, you know, getting the day job, office jobs. You know, I was in a debt collection for nearly 25 years and highly productive. And in that environment, you're in a cubicle environment. You've got your, you know, you got your PC, you've got your telephone. It's type fast. It's move fast. And the mental stimulation and everything, I could just get into this routine and I could just produce. I it literally would feel like a machine. 
And that ran, that fueled me for years, you know, as I raised my children and as I got married, got divorced, got married again, you know, uh, jumped into some real estate briefly, you know, doing all these things. Oh, and then, you know, recovered alcoholic, you know, helping women in sobriety, had this constant fuel that was just going, just, just stimulated, right? Anticipated the next event in my life. And then suddenly... In the mid-40s, something started shifting. I burned out of that job in the role that I was in. Now, there could have been many reasons for that. It could have been that particular role that I was in was no longer feeding the spirit. That might have been part of it. Um, I know that I had been up for an opportunity that fell through, and so my expectations went from here to, like, crashing down. That had somewhat of a professional rock bottom. But I had this thing, you know, earlier I mentioned physiological. I had this thing floating in the background that I was unaware of. And my body was changing the older I was getting and call it naive, call it simple. But I mean, you know, like so many people, we go to the doctor in our later years, all of a sudden the back starts hurting, the lower back. I think I did. I read sometime like, like as you get older in life, like 70% of adults have back problems. eh? Like what the hell? So, you know, stuff starts creaking and you're not used to that, you know, especially I wasn't used to that. So things are like changing, but yet I'm not acknowledging the change. I'm not even giving credit to the change. I'm still holding myself up to expectations of motivation and action as if I was 20, 25 years old. It was as if I wasn't giving myself permission to be older in years or something, but I just didn't know what I didn't know. So for about four years, I fought this. And at the day job, I had taken on a promotion and then there was some conflict maybe just with the way they managed and the way I interpreted or the way I communicated and the way they interpreted me. So there was conflict a little bit in that area. But daily, it was a fight for motivation. Daily, it was a fight for focus and clarity. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I called it everything. Have you been unmotivated? And now you've thought to yourself, am I depressed? You know, maybe maybe I just need to go to the doctor and get some meds. Or why don't I feel like doing something? Like I never feel like doing this. That's where I was. I had like this perfect storm. So the body's aging and for women and some and men too, but I'm not going to give men credit for going quite there where us ladies go. I'm just not. Okay. My body in my later years takes hormones that were here and they go and they dive, right? They just dive. I was unaware of the emotional, mental, and physiological impact of that. And I started to become a little bit more curious about that about two or three years ago when I was working with a ton of women and I was noticing that they were struggling emotionally over some areas of their life, things that we had, or, or you know, I say we, but they had already w- w- walked through, you know, whether through my mentoring, coaching or whatever it was, but they had already walked through a lot of these things. So I couldn't quite put my finger on why are they emotionally struggling about this? Because the perception changes that are necessary sometimes to catapult us from one area of life to another that had already occurred for them it got me curious i started looking at their ages and i thought there's something going on hormonally you'd think this was an obvious question you know us women as we age and even in the younger years we're used to menstruation and all these things with the body but but really have we given it enough credit in our life and i will not say power but enough credit in our life to truly appreciate how that impacts us physiologically I would love to say long story short, but I'm past that right now. Uh, Bottom line was I I started reading. I started reading a lot on hormone fluctuation for women. 
And I started understanding the impacts of the body. And then I, you know, as I discovered my own journey, why am I sharing about this? I had a like triple storm going on with lack of motivation. And so this was kind of the story. It was hovering in there for about three to four years. Think back in your life and where you're at today. If you're struggling right now today, if, if you are like literally like you're, you have more dark days than light days, then keep listening because sometimes there are solutions out there that you just haven't quite wrapped your head around yet. For me, I, I kind of took a look at them, you know, I was kind of aware of some things going on. I knew that I kind of started out on this journey in 2018, you know, influencer, coach, all that. And I burned out and I couldn't quite put the pieces. Why did that happen to me? All these things were going on. And then my father passed away of COVID in December of 20. And that was a turning point for me. I could also call that a tipping point for me. Have you ever had a time in your life that literally tipped you over? The storm came came running and come pouring down, lightning, thunder, and you had just had enough. Those of us in recovery from addiction and alcoholism understand this. We call it rock bottom, but many people experience it. Maybe a health problem's brought you to rock bottom. Maybe a divorce brought you to rock bottom. Maybe a child of yours passed away. Maybe a spouse of yours passed away. But we get there in different ways. And as you observe the life circumstances around you, sometimes you got to kind of like be the observer and give yourself a little bit of credit. When my father passed away, what had happened is all those physiological changes and work professional pressures and all these things come crashing down because that was the icing on the cake. And it leveled me physically, emotionally, and mentally. Not in, not particularly just his death. I always say I like transition better. I don't believe any of us really ever died, but not just that passing of him. It was a perfect storm and it leveled me. Now, I at the time kept thinking I should be able to pull through this, I should be more motivated. I should be able to get up off this chair. Isn't that what I would have liked to have done a while ago or in my 20s or 30s? Like, what happened? Why am I feeling so frozen and paralyzed that I can't get up and do what I want to do? And in the meantime, I've got this business idea that this going out on my own professionally and and I can't muster up the energy to do it. In fact, if I even think about it, I over I get overwhelmed and I shut down. When I talked to my mentor about mentor about eight months ago. And the word motivation came up. I wanted to vomit. I did not want to hear the word motivation because my definition of motivation had attached to it a high expectation of me that no longer existed. I had not redefined who I was in my mid to late 40s for the life that I had led up to that point. Are you not motivated because you are holding yourselves up to standards that are no longer realistic for who you are. You know, a few uh, months ago, I did a show and I, I talked about the comparison theory. Isn't, shouldn't I feel this way if this person's feeling that way? Shouldn't I feel this way if this person's feeling this way? No, no, you shouldn't. Especially if you're a woman in your perimenopause or menopause. If you haven't had your hormones checked, I'm just saying, you might want to check that out. It can be a little enlightening and help take away some of that shame and I won't even say excuses, but that feeling of heaviness and I should be doing this or why do I always feel so sad? It's real. 
for anyone who's looking at motivation as a problem for you, that you're just not feeling like you're getting enough done, take a look at this. I w- as I was researching for this show, I came across this fantastic researcher, and his name, probably, my apologies ahead of time, Ku Moriyama. And they did a research on people um, and what was motivating them, uh, intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation. A lot of us in our younger years, we are completely di- driven by extrinsic motivation. Perhaps we haven't, maybe as we age, we start to understand that looking within is really quite powerful. But at young age, we like money, we like fun, you know, we're, we're way more expressive with it, I think. And, and we have to really kind of remind ourselves to be that way later on in years, right? Beautiful place to be, by the way. But extrinsic motivation works for us. And working on the intrinsic, we usually think, nah. So as we age and and as we get older and we're looking for these outside conditions to motivate us and it no longer works, then we're left with the intrinsic. And what this study pulled up was that people really don't give themselves enough credit for the intrinsic motivation that they possess. For example... When you have something to do with the house and you get yourself motivated to accomplish it, maybe it's painting a bedroom, maybe it's changing out some new flooring, maybe it's rearranging the closet, but there's an intrinsic drive to do that. And then you receive what's called, you know, your sense of accomplishment around that. And so what this study brought out was that people were way better at intrinsic motivation than they were giving themselves credit for. That's part of that redefining the motivation for you. Are you so used to measuring your motivation based on extrinsic that you're not looking at all the intrinsic ways in which you motivate yourself on a daily basis? I recently worked with a client. She was sharing with me that she just doesn't really feel enough. She was highly emotional about it. We started breaking down her day. And I asked her a question that I'm going to ask you. The question I asked her was, Are you the to-go person for most people in your life? Is somebody coming to you for answers, whether that's employees, coworkers, your children, your friends? Are you that person? Because if you are that person, and I'm going to get to it if you're saying that you're not, but if you are that person, there is an automatic motivation that you are displaying on a regular basis that you are not maybe giving yourself enough credit for. Because what people perceive of us versus how we perceive ourselves, sometimes is it polar opposites. You know what I mean? Having said that, if you're like, nobody really comes to me for anything, so what's that mean for me? Have you looked at your daily accomplishments lately? This is where my client had been slipping up because everything that she was focused on was, was what she's not doing. What she wasn't really ever looking at at what she was accomplishing during the day. This simple exercise saved my sanity when I was going through what I was going through when I couldn't get motivated to do what I thought I should be doing. The next study that came out from that same researcher was about the ability for people to allow themselves to do free thinking, free thinking. And what it was pointing out was the, so as soon as I get into this, you're going to understand what I'm saying. But what it was pointing out was the impact that smart smartphones 
uh, have inevitably had made it easier to seek and find distraction, but they had also contributed to a loss of the habit of free thinking. Some people simply found it hard to spend time with their own thoughts, especially if they tended towards negative thinking, they said. And about 259 people took part of this. And they started to estimate the extent to which they would appreciate sitting on their own and thinking to themselves for 20 minutes. They were forbidden to use a smartphone and to read or walk around. And then the other control group obviously could use their cell phone. And at the end of that study, what they found were the people who actually pause and allow themselves to free think became more joyful on the inside, felt like accomplishing more things. The ones who were spent so much time in distraction mode and allowing other people, places, and things such as social media, anything like that to distract them, the less happiness or joy they felt. How does that pertain to motivation? If you are allowing yourself some space during the day to honestly act, and this is the whole title of the show, reactive motivation versus responsive motivation. What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is if you are spending most of your day in reaction to what other people think or do or say, not that they're asking you to do it. You are volunteering for this, by the way. If you've been listening to me for a while, you know I'm not letting you off the hook right now. Oh, no. It's always coming back to you because the only person that's going to be able to change you is you. The only person to be able to change their mind, change their perspective is you. You can listen to me all day. You can listen to all kinds of people all day. But at the end of the day, it's all up to you. So, <laughs> at the, um, oh, my goodness, I think I lost my whole train of thought just now. Give me a second. It'll come back. Responsive and reactive motivation. There it is. Uh, so if I am spending my time in social media or e even reading reading books, this was something I was doing during that uh, phase of, of lack of motivation. The only thing I had was I, I had the uh, desire to still read books, not to the level that I was, but I still had a desire. The point I'm making is if, if what you are surrounding yourself is answering to everybody else's Beck and call is what we might have called it back in, in uh, growing up. But if you are always responding in a reactive measure to what needs done in your opinion, you are never taking the initiative and setting intention for your future. Everything's reactive. The dishes are dirty. I'm just going to go do them. That's reactive motivation. Somebody moves something over here. I go pick it up. That's reactive motivation. Somebody sends me an email, I have to immediately reply, that's reactive motivation. You get where I'm going with this. So if you are in a state of reactive motivation, that, you know, you're still doing stuff, right? But is it fulfilling? Is it fulfilling you? Come back to the definition of motivation. For you, what does the definition of motivation need to represent for you? Would you rather... Be in a responsive motivation, similar to what that study shared. Maybe it's just a matter of you doing some more free thinking on your own about what you would like to produce in your life, about what you would like to create in your life. And then once you start to make that decision and allow yourself some space each day to do some free thinking. And when you do this free thinking, you stay completely detached. And what I mean by that is, don't become too uh, feeling attached to what goes through the mind. 
you know, this is right along those lines of mindfulness and all of that, but allowing free thinking during the day. I think somewhere in that study, there was a, a mention of so many people like really because of the influence of technology over the last, I don't know, 20 years or so, that some people literally didn't know how to do that necessarily. So you might know if you're watching the show and you're a pretty forward thinker and but even ask yourself in this last week, how many times have you allowed free thinking? How, how many times have you just paused and just watched what your thoughts were doing? Not reading somebody's email, not watching something on social media, not watching a movie to distract you, just sitting with your thoughts and free thinking. How often have you done that? Much of our life can end up being reactive. And then years go by or, you know, this could even happen to young people. My daughter, who's in her early 20s, really struggled when she went to school because she couldn't find out um, what she wanted to do. I don't know. I just always think any 18-year-old who's trying to determine the rest of their life with a college degree, that's got it. That's overwhelming and stressful all in and itself. I encourage my kids a little bit differently around that topic. But she is influenced by society, as many young people are as you and I are, and there seems to be a society expectation that, you know, sometimes this is just the way you go. You go to high school, you graduate, you get a degree and blah, blah, blah. And if you don't know what you want to do, well, oh, well, you know, there's all this pressure per se about having this path and, you know, specifically. And so young people can suffer from this too, where the outside and wanting to be motivated based on other people's decisions or places in life doesn't work. It doesn't work. For me, an inability to be motivated, as I was defining it back then, really resulted in quite a bit of shame on myself. Shame for not being enough. Shame for not doing it fast enough. In fact, I finally became intimate with the word shame through this whole process because what I had failed to uh, have clarity around was what shame really did to the spirit and to the feeling of less than. And how demeaning it is. I recall really embracing the word shame and understanding where it was showing up in my life. Because this period of time for me, I'm not kidding you, it was about four years long. In, in fact, my, my, one of my upcoming guests on my show in February um, is my doctor, my naturopath, who I will sing her praises all day long. Uh, because for me, uh, some different therapies that I tried bounced me back. And I was like so excited to do this show and I'm excited to do the show when she's on because literally it's, it's been in phases, but these last two or three weeks, man, you can't get me out of my office. I think I did a TikTok video the other day just talking about I, it's a Sunday and I am in my office wanting to work. That, my friends, hasn't happened prior to that for quite a while. Uh, that's a fantastic feeling. And so physiologically, you might have something going on with your motivation. It's always good to have a checkup with the doctor. It's always good to take a look at that. And then mentally and emotionally, the game that we can play with ourselves when we think that we're supposed to be achieving more, doing more than what we actually are doing, that's where the shame comes into that. And if you are uh, response motivated, then you have taken the time to take a look at how the thoughts are running and you are setting your future with intention in alignment with what you are able to, to do today. Not what you were able to do maybe at another time in your life. 
It doesn't mean that you can't connect to that time and remember how that motivation felt or remember how that influenced you because that's a highly powerful exercise to do. But just realize in order for you to get to that next level of motivation of your desired level of motivation, wherever you're at, you got to have a period of grace in there with yourself to fall into a level of acceptance that it's okay being where it's going to be. It's okay being right here, right now with this level of energy. That's okay. I don't have to get up and make it happen right away. In fact, if you've been stalled on motivation, I would suggest that you just hold tight for a little bit and work on loving yourself and pausing and appreciating uh, the time that you have in that moment to observe what's going on with you. And once you fall into that acceptance or you kind of become the observer of that, of this lack of motivation thing, start asking yourself, how have I felt about me during this time? How long have I been saying to myself that I am unmotivated? How long has that been going on? And as I've been saying that, how did I feel about myself when I was doing it? That will provide an indicator of how much shame has been playing in your life when it comes to motivation. And there's so much hope on the other side of this because once the new definitions become real for you, once you start living by a new value or a new principle with motivation, as I like to say, the sky is the limit. It doesn't mean that suddenly it's all gonna change for you, but I was just sharing today with a friend, just don't stop just don't stop. You may not be tearing it down like you want to, but if you hold space for that in your future and you start understanding where you're at today and giving yourself grace around that, it will come to you. But we have to pause long enough to appreciate where we're at right here, right now, before we can ever move forward. Before we can ever move forward. You know, for the second half of the show, I'm going to be talking to you uh, more on motivation, a couple other things that I've got going on. Um, but before I go to break, I just want you to pause and ask yourself, have I been in responsive motivation or reactive motivation? That's one question for you. Another question for you is, what is my definition of motivation for me today? Not at a different time in my life, but right here today, because where you're at today has been impacted by different scenarios in your life. I guarantee it. And this doesn't mean that your lack of motivation, you might be full of motivation right now. Like I feel full of motivation right now. I know exactly what's going on with me. That's good to take note of because what's working for you, just take a little bit note of it. If it's not working for you, then simply ask these couple of questions to yourself. What is the definition of motivation for me today? What do I need to align that definition so that I can start to perform and be my best self today? right today it's all about setting that intention for the future that you want to bring into your existence and there's going to have to be some action around that what i don't want you to have to go through that i went through was treating motivation the word like a four-letter word <laughs> it's not it just needs redefined probably for you all right having said that i am going to go to break and when i come back we will i will share more on this topic and give you some more tools and tips and maybe talk about a few other things. All right, be back shortly.
if you could enter a sacred vortex of love and beauty, infused with the power of the earth and ascended masters. Join myself, Dr. Georgia Herrera and Dr. Sharon Martin in the Sacred Magic Show. Bring in the mystical and sacred for healing, airing every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You too can have your health and life challenges melt away. Join now and feel your heart open up to the answers to your most important questions. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. When the solutions to the challenges in your life are unclear, an executive business coach may be the answer. I'm Mark Fechner, and I specialize in coaching clients with issues related to performance, leadership, business relationships, and creativity. Any person or organization that wants to overcome mental blocks, create new possibilities, and achieve a higher level of performance can benefit from the services of a certified coach. Schedule a free consultation with me today at markfechner.com. Welcome back to the Know Your Crazy Talk Show. My name is Susan Denae, and you are listening to Emotional Recovery in the Raw. Today's show, I am talking about reactive motivation versus responsive motivation. The first half of the show, I have been sharing what can happen to our motivation when we redefine it in a good way, how it can lift us up to new levels. I've talked about defining it for you. Um, I talked about really taking an observer look at where you've been on motivation. How do you feel about the word motivation? Um, I shared that for a while there, I thought it, I thought of it like a four-letter word. I didn't want it anywhere around me. I didn't want the word motivation on my website. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, you know, my mentor is probably just chuckling if she's watching this right now because I was scared of it. I was scared of the, you know, here's what I was scared of. I was scared of the lack of motivation. I wasn't scared of motivation. I was scared of the lack of motivation. And I was holding myself up to such high standards. And upon reflection, now realize that those standards were so out of whack with what was actually actually possible for me at that particular time in my life. You know, have you had a perfect storm in your life where it just levels you to the point of surrender? That's kind of what happened to me. And sometimes mediocrity will level you to the point of surrender if you can spot that it's mediocrity. Mediocrity might show up for you in just ho-hum, same day, same routine. Suddenly you're judging everybody else for doing something, you know, what you deem with their life. Uh, you know, mediocrity can creep in called boredom, no, no passion. I don't like to do anything. You know, so there, there's different ways in which, you know, the fear of lack of motivation can manifest for us in different ways as far as how we label it. You know, I was thinking that when I was looking at that research, in fact, when I was on break, I was reading this and it was making me kind of chuckle because, you know, you've been hearing me talk about redefining the motivation for you and what that actually means. And what, I, what I'm channeling into there is your belief, because of, often in our life, 
we get to a sticking point of resistance when we are holding ourselves to a stuck belief that is non-serving. And that belief was created somewhere in the past, likely based on something we observed, something we experienced, or by somebody who was highly influential to us. And we stuck to that belief so much that it is now impacting how we define things going forward. So that is why I talk about the definition of motivation is to ask you to really, really, at the end of the day, it's about your beliefs. What do you need to do to unstick a belief that is withholding you from being motivated? I mean, oh, that's kind of where we're at. In the research study, what they were talking about is, and this is their exact words, and hopefully I won't mispronounce anything here. <laughs> it says, little research, however, has examined the metacognitive accuracy of people's metacognitive belief about the power of intrinsic motivation. Yet it is our metacognitive belief that guides our decisions and strategies to regulate motivation. I'm gonna read that again. They call it metacognitive belief. Yet it is our metacognitive belief that guides our decisions and strategies to regulate motivation. If, they go on, if we have inaccurate metacognitions, about our motivation, we are likely to make suboptimal decisions to regulate one's or other's motivation. So that's even going a little bit further and saying, when we have an inaccurate belief about our motivation, we're likely to make lame decisions, not only for ourselves, but when it even comes to motivating others. Think about, think about the ripple effect of the relationships in your life. Think about that. When a parent suffers, maybe from lack of motivation, maybe it's depression, something. What is the ripple effect that that's doing on who's witnessing and watching that when they're children? Same with our partners in couples. I've done a ton of shows on couples and a lot of social media on agreements in couples and accomplishments in couples. When one partner is suffering from motivation or a lack of desire to do anything. Like I said, we will label that as depression sometimes. It's not always there. I understand there's clinical diagnoses, but I'm just gonna shoot straight. Sometimes we're using it as an excuse uh, because we don't know any better. We don't know any better. We don't understand that it's a stuck belief that needs to be uprooted so that we can now move forward. But we get so stuck in our misery. We get so stuck in, I mean, trust me, in those four years, you have no idea how stuck I wanted to be at times, how I just wanted to give up. And the only thing that I can remember really leveling me to that extent was rock bottom alcoholism and drug addiction to where it is just like relentless, where you're asking yourself, when's this going to end? You know, I had broken things down to such baby steps that I had to be okay with making my bed in the morning. So, you know, forget the corporate world. You know, forget the, all the accomplishments and the money made and the present, you know, forget all that. I was in a tough spot, you know, so if that's you and you know what I found out for me before I go there, what I found out for me, I was sad and I was struggling, but I wasn't depressed. I was physiological, you know, physiologically, my body had broken down from the lack of hormones and menopause. Um, I had conflicting beliefs everywhere about what I should be doing at a certain time. I was carrying a ton of shame based on how I was perceiving my life. I mean, when you, 
you know, for me as a woman in her 40s now deciding to ask herself what she wants to be when she grows up, some of you may relate. That's a tough spot to be in because there's a lot of unknown things out there, right? So when we have a, what they call it, a metacognitive belief that does not align with where we are at today, we will make poor decisions in regards to our motivation and the motivation of others. So I'm going to talk just a little bit more, and then I'm going to go into a couple of exciting things that I've got going on over these next couple months. A um, couple, couple symptoms if you are suffering from you know, some shame-based thoughts and feelings around motivation or not being enough, you know, whatever that is, uh, you will demean yourself for what you do do. There we go, that doo-doo again. You know, I got that in a couple of my shows. It's so stupid. Okay. So, all right. You will demean yourself for what you do do, <laughs> um, which means you're never giving yourself credit for anything. You're never giving yourself credit. Doing the dishes isn't enough. Making the bed isn't enough. You suffer from an accomplishment esteem, yet you are accomplishing things on a regular basis. So that is a symptom if you are suffering from a shame-based feeling around lack of motivation. Remember, the fear was not motivation. The fear is the lack of motivation. But it can be there for you. So you will demean yourself that you, you're never getting enough done. Um, a little tiny, you know, like you won't even have accomplishment esteem. You know, everything's always looking like it's not enough. Um, and then, like I said earlier, you might label this as depression. Uh, and then you will always question about what you're doing. You will always be holding it up to not enough at the end of the day. Sometimes you'll cry over this maybe, or sometimes you'll beat yourself up, or you're putting a lot of emphasis on others and what they think of you, or you're always trying to please somebody else with your actions. And so there's different like levels of how or symptoms of where you're suffering from the fear of lack of motivation. All right. So there's hope though. There's all kinds of hope. And so now I'm going to share with you a couple things that I did in addition to what I've already shared to get out of that spot. Number one, I just want to say to you, if you are suffering today from a lack of motivation, if you're fearful that it's never going to lift, if you are in that rock bottom place that I shared personally being there a few times in my life, let me just tell you there's hope. There's always hope. And the one thing that you got to make sure that you do, don't stop. Don't stop doing. You do the next indicated thing and give it. be okay with the fact that that next indicated thing may be a baby step. It may be a baby step because there's always hope. You know, in the world of recovery, we become sober. And when we become sober, we hope that we get to maintain that sobriety. We hope to hang on to that sobriety for the rest of our life. People have often questioned me, especially in these uh, personal development conferences. Well, if you know you're sober, why do you still go to meetings? Why do you still go to recovery meetings? And the reason why is because I find a lot of hope in recovery meetings. And I also find a lot of opportunities to be of service to others to help raise others when they are down in the dumps. And I've been doing that work for nearly 20 years and I am damn proud of that work. Which brings me to another thing, in sobriety, when we have lived a life of satisfaction, when a lot of us have recovered fully to a state of mental clarity, we still at times in sobriety will suffer from the exact thing I'm talking about on this show. When I went through my fear of lack of motivation and I was sitting on that chair and I couldn't get up and I was struggling to stay focused at work, it had nothing to do with picking up a drink or a drug. It simply meant that I stalled. And there were a lot of steps I took personally in order to overcome that stall. You know what I got? I got sober stalled. That's where I'm going with this. I got sober stalled. I got sober stuck. It wasn't that I wasn't sober. 
It was that I missed enthusiasm. I missed the joy and I didn't know when it was coming back. One of the best things I did during that time of my life is I worked with somebody on a weekly basis. In fact, I worked with two people on a weekly basis. I had my sponsor in the recovery rooms and I had my coach on the side. And every single week I signed up for that call. Sometimes I was crying my eyes out. Sometimes I wasn't. But what I started to understand was in my desperation of being sober stuck, I got to I got to hear new things. And I got to start downloading emotional and mental twists and turns so that I could have a new perception, even if it was for only that day. If Even if it was for only that day. So I am passionate about people in sobriety. Maybe you've been through the 12 steps of recovery. Maybe you've been to the church recovery groups. Maybe you've just white knuckled it. And I say white knuckled it in a nice way. But maybe you have run out of steam. Maybe you are at the end of your rope. Maybe you don't know where to go to get unstuck in sobriety. That's why I'm talking about this today. If that is you, then I got to tell you, I'm excited. You know, I'm sitting here, you know, I got my whole 2023 year planned out. As I told you, I got, I got that motivation back like full steam a few weeks ago. And oh my goodness, I can't create enough. There was something I was going to say in the show earlier about, you know, when we stall in motivation, we also stall all hopes of creativity. But if you don't stop, just keep doing a little bit here and there. I assure you it will come back. So now I'm like full force creative. Like you can't stop me. I'm on like websites, getting confused. I'm trying to set up stuff. But one of the things that I'm going to do is this year I'm going to host a once a month coaching call with a full curriculum of online coaching course for anybody in sobriety who is stuck. Maybe you're looking for the next level. Maybe it's a level up your sobriety. Maybe it's a sober stuck sobriety and you need to get the hell out of it. I don't know what it is, but if you are a sober person and your drive and your enthusiasm and your joy has been tested over this last couple years, maybe you came out of COVID and you didn't even know who you are. That was me. If any of that resonates with you and you want to finally go into some action and be proactive about your intention for 2023, then you need to sign up for this course. I'm going to start pitching this course on Friday. God help me that everything's in line technology-wise to make that happen. But I'm pitching it on Friday. And I'm going to run that offer for probably three to four days. And then I'm cutting it off. Because I only want the willing people who are going to actually hit register in this group. And you'll have the online course. And you'll have access to the community. And you'll have the PDF worksheets. I'm going to set you up. So if you are somebody looking to ignite your sobriety for 2023 and you are tired of feeling stuck and you need a little bit of re-up, if you're somebody who's just alcohol free and you're realizing that that pink cloud moment, that pink cloud that you felt really good about yourself now has expired for you, this is for you. If you are a sober alcohol free person and you have never contributed in a group format to get the feel of that energy, that synergy, this is for you. If you are a sober person and your life has become stuck in a matter, here's what I know about you. You're highly talented. I also know you run to extremes. It's all or nothing probably. I want to tap into the, it's everything. I want to tap into that. That's what this course is for for you. It's a monthly coaching call for 12 months. You have access to the community. It's going to be pitched on Friday. I'll have the pricing, the details, everything for you. But I'm so excited about that. See, this is what happens when the motivation wakes up. This is what happens when you do the work. The problems are only temporary. Full force ahead, folks. I'm telling you, there's a ton of hope out there for you. 
Join me because this energy right here, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it for 2023. I made my mind up. That's just the way that goes. I hope you're somebody that signs up because it'll be life-changing. All right. In addition to that, if nobody has looked at my website lately, you need to because there is an option to sign up for free coaching. I offer free coaching through a Zoom registration Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Now, I don't know how long I'm going to do this for. It's on there right now because, as you can tell, I'm all jazzed up. I'm doing some coaching. So what's going on there? Thursdays, I think it's at 11 a.m. It'll be on the website. 11 a.m. free coaching call for anybody who's wanting to talk about emotional elevation. So what is emotional elevation? Emotional elevation is the program that I put together after working with women for nearly 20 years in regards to emotional heightened wellness. Let's talk about where the shame is lying in your decision making. Let's talk about if you don't even know how to make a decision. Let's talk about communication skills. Let's talk about scripting for communication. I also offer emotional elevation for couples, but this particular one time a week, 11 a.m. on Thursday's coaching call, which is free, goes through those type of topics. Appreciation aspects, accomplishment reset, all of it, all right? Fridays, 11 a.m., I'm signing back on. We're doing high-performance coaching. I'm a certified high-performance coach. You wanna talk about clarity? You wanna talk about courage? You wanna talk about influence? You, you know, you're a productivity type of person. You like lots of worksheets. You like doing the Q&A. You like all that. Sign on on Friday at 11 a.m. Once again, it's free. All right. Now, Saturday. Saturday. 11 a.m., I think. I think it's 11 a.m. Check the website. It's relationship rehab coaching. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much feedback I get on my social media posts simply about relationships. How do I learn to acknowledge my partner's needs versus my own needs? How do I learn to ask for what I need? How do I learn to appreciate my partner more? How do we as a team learn how to come together as a team in order to live our lives for full fulfillment, to like bring it all? How do we get into goal setting as a team for our future? Where are the roadblocks? Do we have accomplishments that we can achieve together that we haven't been achieving because we're so stuck in our patterns? of miscommunication. Now we don't even know where to start. So Saturdays, whether you show up as a couple or you show up all by yourself, believe me, if you are wanting to grow within your relationships, then the Saturday coaching call is for you. And it's free. All these coaching calls for Thursday, Friday, or Saturday are going for one hour each. Okay. Uh, you will be, it's a group coaching call. Everybody's going to be muted. I might open it up before at the very end of each call to ask for any questions. I'll be more than happy to take chat questions, things like that, so that this can be an engaging, uh, responsive call with everybody. Would love to do it. Uh, and here's the thing. When you hit the button on my website, you simply go to free coaching, click on that page. It's going to bring you down or give you your choice. You click register. It's going to take you to a Zoom registration page. As soon as I get the Zoom registrations coming in, I know who's coming. You're going to get the link, and then we're going to get going. I mean, I don't know. I think I'm leaving you with no excuses if, for 2023, if you're wanting to jazz it up, if you're wanting to change your life. I'm the type of person that even when I was down in the dumps, even when I was dragging ass, <laughs> I still wanted to grow. And I think that's the cement that I bring when I'm working with my clients, when I'm working with the women in recovery, 
uh, when I'm working with corporate groups, the goal is to grow. It's not to hold ourselves up to standards that are not serving us. It's to reach within and to truly honor who we are and where we're at in this time in this space, to drop the comparison, to authentically learn how to be me 100% all the time. That means I'm the same person with my family that I am right here. It means that I'm the same person in my marriage that I am right here. It means I'm the same person with my coaching clients that I am right here. I'm the same person with the women that I uh, co or mentor in sobriety that I am here. That in and of itself is, is a blessed place to be. And if you strive for that, if you're tired of indecisiveness, if you're tired of struggling, if that has worn you down to the nubs, then all that means is it's an indicator that it's time you tap into the strength and to the courage and to the inspiration that I know you have within you. And you take that sweet spot and you say to yourself, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to change it up. You may not be, you know, hammering down, you know, big millions of dollars and endless energy right out of the gate, but I believe it's all possible for you. I believe it's all possible for you. If you're lacking energy, have you been trying to produce that energy all by yourself? Or have you considered of what the power might be in coming together with a group of individuals who are like-minded? For you sober folks, so many people in sobriety with time under their belt get stuck emotionally. Or they're one person at work, but when they come into their relationship, they're tearing it down because they haven't quite developed the emotional or the cognitive skill set for the relationship, right? Or they get sober and they, 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 they like just produce and kill it for like the first several years. And then they go through something like I went through and the body changes, the people leave. I gotta take a drink of my coffee from a Wonder Woman cup. Um, that's right, Wonder Woman. Okay, so, but, but they, they break down and they don't know how to get started again. Um, I'm, a, I'm a person of the 12 steps. And I know that within that program, there's a time when they say to go outside. You always, you know, they encourage you to go outside and, and seek outside help, how they would put it um, in our literature. And I have been guilty of going outside for help my entire sobriety in good guilt, not bad guilt, good guilt. It might be time for you to try something new. If you're somebody in sobriety who has never had a coach, a consistent coach in your life, boy, I just got to tell you, I get kind of, I kind of get excited when I think about that because I know what people in sobriety are capable of. Like I, I've seen the transformations up close. I've seen women go from treatment center, treatment center, treatment center to you know living in sober housing, living in sober housing, uh, starting work at McDonald's and ending up in a six-figure career, like. I've seen those transformations happen because we, oh my God, if we can get sober, I love saying this to the women that I, I help and coach. If we can get sober, we can do anything. And we get there by having a shift in our perception that's necessary to take on new adventure, new joy, new happiness, new relationships, 
new networking, new playtime. Do you hear me? You want more of that? Man, I got to tell you, I'm stoked. All right. I think I'm about almost coming to the end of my show. So as a reminder, reactive motivation versus responsive motivation. Take a look at it. If you're constantly doing stuff just because everybody else is putting something on your agenda, take a look at that. It may be time to switch it up. Take the shame out of your, uh, take the shame out of motivation if you're suffering with that. Redefine your motivation and for what it means for you today at this age with the experience of life that you've got. You get to change your mind on your definitions. I highly encourage you take a look at your definition of motivation if you're stuck. Uh, if you are sober stuck lately, if you are sober stalled lately, if you are wanting to level up the sobriety for 2023, then I invite you to register for my upcoming Sobriety Stalled 2023. I'm still kind of bouncing around the name. There's Sobriety Ignite 2023. Um, get registered for that. It's going to be a fantastic course. Just a reminder, you're going to have a once a month coaching call. You're going to have access to an online course. Uh, you're going to be part of a community. It's going to be a fantastic opportunity for you. And last but not least, oh, and I will be throwing that out on Friday as far as the details. Um, if you want, if you want those details, be sure to email me, get on my website, email me at growthspurt@susandenae.com so that I got a way to contact you with that offer. If you email me and you want that offer, I will make sure that you're one of the first people I connect with because there will be bonuses included for people who are registered immediately. Um, that will be being thrown out there. So if you're listening to this, growthspurt at Susan Denae, let me know you're interested in the upcoming Sobriety Unstuck 2023, and I will get you registered first. Uh, and then lastly, free coaching weekly. You got emotional elevation on Thursdays. You got high performance coaching on Friday. Saturdays, you've got relationship reset uh, just for communication and, and aspects in the relationship. And Friday's the high performance. You've got your clarity, your productivity, your courage, all of that. And then on Thursday, you've got emotional elevation. Let's get shame out of the game, right? Let's get shame out of the game. Let's find out what communication tactics we need to take on in order to better our life. Appreciation. Man, I'm mean, all talked out right now, but I'm super excited. And last but not least, before I let you go, if you're ever interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, uh, then you get my undivided attention for 60 minutes once a week. Just simply apply for that on my website. I take applications for that. I'm particular about who I like to work with because I want to make sure that you can bring energy just as much as I can bring energy so that we have a positive experience. All right. So that is that. Check it out at susandenae.com. It's been a fantastic hour with you folks. Uh, and yeah, hopefully I'll see you online at one of those events. All right. Take care. Have a good night. You have been listening to No, You're Crazy. 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 And my name is Susan Denae. We are identifying, understanding, and treating your crazy one episode at a time. Tune in to TransformationTalkRadio.com. To connect with me or Growth Spurt Your Life, please visit SusanDenae.com. That's Susan Denae, D-E-N-E-E.com. -E